0: Welcome back to episode four of limited time only I'm your host Hayden Dale of Arsenal Pass and this is a podcast focused on all things limited in the game of flesh and blood this is season one and it is all about outsiders limited particularly about draft and on this episode we're diving deep into one of the classes looking at assassin both Arachne and Azuri in this draft format how to draft them how to have success with these heroes the cards you need to look out for the ways you should draft it, how to read signals that you, you should be in this hero, uh, all these things with a very great guest. I have the absolute pleasure to have on the pod this week, Chu Hing from Singapore, a player that uh, is very well known in Singapore, regarded widely as probably one of the best players, if not the best player in Singapore, and uh, someone that I've had some exposure to through Pro Tour Lille at Worlds at uh, Singapore Calling last year, and had the pleasure to watch... Chu Hing play and is a phenomenal player I can say previously had been a prison player had top eight uh, top 16 in Lille had top 16 uh, the calling in Singapore both times just unfortunately losing winning and ins to top eight at both those events ended up having a pretty poor world's run but then went and top aided the calling on day two in uh in San Jose with Icelander and is just a player that uh, is, is one of the forefronts of the game and I think has a really interesting mind when it comes to flesh and blood. So I was super amped to have Juhing on the pod this week to talk about Assassin. So all those things are coming up. I want to say as well, a big thank you to everyone who's been tuning in to- uh, limited time only last week no full episode but last week we did do a draft overview if you do like that format with the draft overviews i'm, I'm going to do more of them if people want to see them so uh, make sure to definitely let me know about that drop it in the comments below say what you like or didn't like about those draft overviews those walkthroughs what you'd like to see uh, maybe done differently and i can make sure that, that that gets done for you so check that out all those things coming up make sure to drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're not already and uh, without you know much to do let's get into it and talk with you Hen. Episode four of Limited Time Only, and I have the absolute pleasure of having on with me Chu Hing from Singapore. Chu Hing, welcome to the pod.
1: Hello. Uh,
0: hey. <laughs> it's it's great to have you on. Now, uh, we first met actually at, at Worlds. We've I think we've passed, we've crossed paths a few times at, at like Lille and Worlds, but I finally came and stalked you at, at Worlds, didn't I? And uh, grabbed you for a quick interview for the vlog, and and we had a quick chat. And actually, that weekend you ended up top aiding uh, the calling, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. I think, uh, uh, considering what happened to my uh first tournament, I think that's one of the better things that happened that weekend. <laughs> yeah, you,
0: you started off a bit rough, but obviously, uh, not not uh, playing day two, moving over to the calling, and uh, I think in the end you you took Icelander to the calling, right? And you did you yeah. was it your quarterfinals or your semifinals that you ended up falling in? Uh,
1: I ended up losing in the semifinals. Yeah, uh, I think I lost to the same Bravo twice. I I lost to him once in Swiss and then I lost in to the top four to the same guy. <laughs> couldn't
0: yeah. couldn't quite couldn't quite get the revenge play. Well, um, I w- so thankful to have you on here. I've I've wanted to have you on uh, one of our pods for for a long time. I think people that I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you. But people that may not know you uh, won't know how, I think, highly regarded you are amongst a lot of top players in the world, uh, even if people don't necessarily know who you are. And I know in Singapore, uh, people people always tell me about, you know, in-boss Chu Hing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from, where you play, and uh, maybe maybe shout out a bit of the Singapore community as well. Uh, okay,
1: so uh, hi, I'm Chu Hing. Uh, I'm, I'm from Singapore. So uh, I think I started the game just right after Monarch. Yeah, uh, and I played like that skirmish season and stuff. So I I'm not new to uh I'm not new to like trading card game tournaments and stuff. Uh I I used to play a lot of uh I used to play a lot of magic. I I think I played for over a decade before this. So uh Flash and Blood. I, I think I picked when I picked up Flash and Blood, uh I thought it was I thought it was a very interesting game. Like when when one of my when one of my closer when one of my closer friends introduced the game to me. Uh you know, via like one of the one of his other friends. Which uh so I I think I played he gave me a demo and I really enjoyed it and then we played it for like the whole evening. <laughs> so after that I was pretty hooked onto it. Yeah. So
0: yeah, so you know. And, here now. and uh, whereabouts in in Singapore, do you have a, a local store that you play at? Do you have a local sort of play group or testing group that you tested for, like Lille and Worlds with? Or have you kind of is it just a, more of a is, is Singapore more of a community who kind of plays and tests together? Uh,
1: I think there are a couple of different play groups that go to different stores in Singapore. Uh, the the, the store that I generally will be at uh especially when this is uh, a of source rex where i run the army there too and uh i think this weekend there's a skirmish hmm. that i'm organizing as well for the store yeah is it blitz, blitz or uh, I think, it? uh it's a blitz for this weekend wow. uh, i think some of my some of my players uh, profess their love for the format <laughs> so i oh, know yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if this, pod, this podcast comes out next week so it would have already happened but what what are you going to play in blitz yeah. this weekend uh if
1: i if i do end up playing this weekend it will be i'll be playing kato i think kato is really fun in blitz yeah <laughs>
0: Chu Chuhing, you're you're a recent uh, Kano player as well. I know post Worlds, you you picked up on Kano and you played it. I think in uh, Battle Hardened in in Singapore as well. Yeah, as the PTR think- event. I think you top headed both. Tell us about your your kind of because traditionally you went. I, I remember you as first a, a, a player who was known for Prism and then Icelander, and now you've moved to someone called the Dark Side with with Kano. What kind of inspired the move? Just Storm Strider's love, or uh, not
1: not really. I was trying to. I was trying you know, I was tried something else outside of uh, Icelander, you know since Prism has seen living Legends. So uh, outside of Icelander, I think the closest next closest would be Kano, because you know it's also another wizard. uh partially because I've been playing Icelander pretty much ever since Prism living Legends, so there's been like a, a long like five plus months. so I was hoping to try something in, new and interesting. Which is ah uh, why I picked up Kano, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't go so well in the progress. I think I think I flipped the deck a little bit too much at Armouries. I ended up running into Jovan with Oasis Sand Cover and uh spray. Prayer. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, I was kind of overkill to just beat Kano, but this one it is what it is.
0: I heard though that uh, you know if you're in Singapore, then you you target Chu Hing. So people people knew what you're going to play and they came prepared. And I heard some people uh Reveling in their wins against you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think people revel in their wins so much, but they are like, I, 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 I somehow sort of picked up the rep in Singapore as being a really good player. So <laughs> suddenly, you know, when people people meet me, they're like, "Oh, it's it's chewing." You know, I fed him, so I'm probably not gonna win them. Just to to me, I'm just you know get yeah, an every player. So <laughs> wow.
0: I think the reps are well-earned based on results. Why don't we talk a little bit about Outsiders Limited because that's obviously limited time only, what we're here to do. First of all, I want to get your take on this Outsiders Limited format. Do you like it? Do you not like it? What are the kind of key things that you're you're enjoying or not enjoying about this format so far?
1: Oh, I I absolutely love the Outsiders format uh, for Limited, especially the draft format. Uh, I don't... I don't really enjoy Seal because Sealed seems a little more like uh one dimensional in terms of like deck building because of you know how how many cards you have access to, uh how many generics they are in the set compared to like uprising. But uh for drop I think I think draft is a really interesting format for outsiders. Uh there are a lot more strategies you can go into. Uh especially like given there are I think six different heroes right yeah yeah uh, each, each hero has a potential has very different some of them, some of them. not all but mainly like Riptide and misery. you could play it aggressively or you could play it defensively which is what I like about uh, this outside that's limited like certain decks are not as one-dimensional and linear as uh Uprising
0: yeah, do you think it's something that's been talked about with most of my guests on on the pod so far is coming from a format like Uprising where we didn't really have archetypes, Outsiders is a bit of a, like, a breath of fresh air where you do have the opportunity to play different archetypes. Do you think we've, we're seeing a, a good move on from what the Uprising format was?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's great. I, I think most drafts should be similar, if not, like, I mean it's it should be quite the same because in Uprising what you had was you just had to pick a specific like set of cards and then all your decks all the good decks will pretty much look the same. Mm. Whereas for outsiders so far, I think maybe outside of Azalea and Me, every other deck will like every time you choose your deck, you'll probably look slightly different, you no, know, compared to Previously, when when you three zero with the eye your deck will probably look the same as the previous three zero you had. <laughs> Whereas the current, the current three zero, like when you three zero with Riptide, it could be a defensive build or it can be a more offensive build depending on how the draft went. So I think that's that's a really good that's a that's a step in the right direction, especially for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I completely agree. I'm. I... I'm really interested to pull on that thread you just said about maybe Azalea and Arachne being a little bit less dynamic, and we're going to talk about, of course, yeah. as the title suggests in this pod, we're going to talk about how to draft Assassin with with you with Chu Hang. I want to ask yeah. you before we start to get into drafting Assassin, what what heroes are you liking? What heroes actually have you drafted the most so far? And do you have a preference for for class or hero in this format so far?
1: Uh, all right. So I. Uh, we'll start with the preferences so for preferences I don't really have much preference I tend to draft quite open I think uh, which is I think uh, a better strategy going into this draft format uh, as for which hero I've drafted the most I've drafted yeah I've drafted Assassin's the most actually <laughs> we found so, the right man to talk to um, then <laughs>
0: yeah
1: uh, Assassin's is probably one of the better classes to draft, uh, I think, in my opinion. Uh, I've also drafted quite a lot of Ranger and uh, not so much on Ninja because uh Ninja is I think very tricky in this one. Yes. Uh but the other tricky character I think that's hard to drop is uh Azalea. I actually tried to drop Azalea a couple of times already. <laughs> so I think Azalea is also the other very tricky hero to drop because of uh how your your deck composition has to be pretty specific
0: yes yeah i found the compared same to, drafting as yeah you really need a certain there's some cards that are really important like card like spire sniping is a is i think a really important card in the archetype your scout the peripheries you i feel like your pumps really need to be you need to have a certain amount of them and you need to not have much filler i feel like if you have too much filler or just kind of you know cards that aren't doing a specific job in azalea you can really get punished so um yeah it's an interesting format so far uh how many drafts you've done so far do you do you know off the top of your head how many drafts you've done so far at least
1: 10 i think so far Different. about yeah yep. quite quite a lot of drafts <laughs> yeah i've been playing i've been mainly playing a lot of i've been playing mainly playing outsiders limited Rather than classic constructed I mean, after our this release. Yeah, well you did it's... you
0: did tweet and say you're enjoying this limited format, but not so much the constructor format. So
1: Yeah. Uh limited has been very interesting actually. Uh specifically as in, I, I've been trying a lot on it. So <laughs> there are, there are certain I, I I think it's I would say is the canoe of the format.
0: Mm.
1: Compared to I mean in up acting candle works about the same way you know ironically Azalea is also in the same format <laughs> yes. yes
0: well that's that's music to my ears i think i've i've done two azalea drafts. i actually o 3 with an azalea draft i just got the like you said deck composition i got it completely wrong in one of my first drafts i ended up with like cards that i thought were just good cards in the format which just didn't work mm-hmm. in azalea um so i'm excited to go back and, and draft some more azalea and, and try it again um yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a format where I just keep wanting to draft. Like, I finish a draft, and I want to do another one. You know, I'm just looking for people. I'm like, can we do a draft tonight? Can we do a draft this weekend? I'm just asking people, like, when can yeah. we get our next draft? And uh,
1: I, I, I basically share the same even After I finish a draft, I'm like, okay, I can't wait for, you know, for the next day, you know, the next army where some store is to a draft, and I'll go, go there, and then, all right, let's go. Let's start another draft. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel the same well we are talking in this pod drafting assassin it's a it's a class that Hing, as uh as just said drafted a lot of i've drafted i yes. think ninjas the actually interestingly opposite to Hing, ninjas the class i've drafted the most i think at this point but assassin is uh is, is not far behind and I want to, mm. what we're basically going to do in this pod, and we're going to cover this over the next couple of weeks with, with different guests. We're going to cover the Assassin class, Ninja, of course, Ranger, and we're really going to dive deep into how to draft these classes, how to draft each of the two heroes, the cards you're looking for, the way you want to get into it, or maybe not get into it, the ways to uh, read signals to find yourself into the best spot to draft these, these classes and heroes. So first of all, uh, Chu Hing, I want to ask you, what makes you want to play Assassin in Outsiders Limited?
1: Uh, alright. So, uh, the one of the reasons why I like assassin is uh the weapon choice. Uh, spider spider got downgraded to a common from Dynasty, so, uh, to a token. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, spider spider is really strong in a limited format. Considering everybody has to run attacks, otherwise, you know, you can't really close the game. Especially in the format with ranges where they are only source of damage is coming from the arrows which are all attacks. So spider's bite makes all your because uh I think most assassin cards in this format are zero cost three attack cards. So when you when you hit with a spider's bite they are basically zero for fours. You know considering the first uh the next time they defend with an attack, it gets minus one. So that's one of the main reasons why I like assassin. Is that spider's fight is such a strong weapon in the format and the other is uh assassins are is assassins in this draft format is the trickiest class compared to ninja where ninja is more or less more straightforward you know taking notes from fight it's just uh you know surging strikes and then it's the next combo line and stuff whereas assassin is all right, here I have an assassin attack after my spider's bite hit. So how much are you exactly blocking it for? Because uh, I have some attack reactions either from my hero ability with Uzui or, you know, Razor's Edge. Yeah. So I think drafting assassin is, uh, you get to utilize some mind games, uh, especially with Uzui's hero ability and even around me because your go-again attack, your opponent had to guess what's the second attack coming in. It can be, it can be anything. It can be another self-attack with, like, on-hit. It could be a generic on-hit attack. Or it could just be, you know, nothing. I, I'll <laughs> you pass. Just pass the turn. Yeah. yeah, you can just pass the turn and then... And then now, now your opponent is like, oh... Uh, <laughs> I've uh, got maybe a I've card up. in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I could have... Maybe I could have blocked more earlier. <laughs> maybe I could invoke the spider's bite even? you know it's it's very tricky yeah so that's that's why that's why i like assessing in this mode
0: yeah you, you do you do have a reputation for playing the more complex of of the heroes i think in this game and and enjoying them i i think on on that point you know obviously weapons super strong cause a lot of dichotomies in the game and, and decisions to be made on both sides of the table i think the other thing that often gets overlooked is you know the spider's bite applies to the first you know, the first time attacks are used to defend. So, you know, in the case of Arachne, even there's a lot of decisions about do they block the first one to get value off their attacks defending in the second one? And then as the Arachne player, sometimes you're like, okay, well, they defend this first attack because clearly they want to try and block out the second attack. I'll, I just won't play my second attack. You know, I'm just going to save it as, as my fifth card for, for the potential next turn. There's there's so many decisions to be made, which I also have been really enjoying about both playing um, Arachne and, and Azuri. And, and you touched on, you know, uh assassin being maybe one of the more complex versus ninja i i the, the way i found it is i think ninja is more complex in the draft stage of things and uh and ara- yeah. uh assassin has been more complex in the, the playing stage of the game
1: yeah yeah uh, i think i think you're right ninja is really tricky to draft uh given my experience with ninja is more of so, more or less like piece of famine you either you either have a really good deck or like you end up having a power mm-hmm. so i i, I I think most of Ninja comes from the drafting stage whereby, you know, you, you are hoping for slightly better card variants, and then not only that, you have to read the signals whether Ninja is like open in the format. Yeah. And I think, I think Ninja is probably like, uh, Ninja and Ranger in this draft. Uh, if there are like more than three drafters, I think, I think is more or less gone, you know,
0: yeah. 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 Assassin is a bit more like fire in that regard, in terms of it can support more players at the table. Would you say because of because of spiders yeah. bites and the kind of just use of you can use a wider yeah. card pool.
1: Yeah, because of spiders bite mainly, and uh, also because uh, the uh, unlike uprising, I think this format has a lot more playable generics. So uh, you you might just end up with a more or less generic deck, and your deck will probably still function well.
0: Yeah, I, I think. And, it... uh, I say a yellow stealth card is a lot better than a yellow brain freeze as well uh
1: yeah that's <laughs> yeah your average your average yellow cut in this format is a lot better
0: um strengths let's talk strengths of the two heroes because they are you know on the surface of things i think when people were playing pre-release Azuri. Arachne. I heard a lot of criticism of ah oh, these heroes feel the same. My experience in draft has been these do not feel the same. They feel like quite different heroes. So maybe you could touch on what you think are some of the strengths of of each of the heroes. So what are Azuri's strength versus Arachne's uh, strength in the draft format?
1: Alright. Uh, so I think I think most of this negative connotation comes from Sue because uh, in Sue Azuri tends to be the better of the assassins because of uh access to a larger card So Uzuri tend to have a uh you, you you can build more defensive and get away with because you are first of all you have 20 life, right? So that's that's for suit So uh and for sealed, sometimes you don't have enough or good self-cuts for a rugby for to utilize the go again. So uh maybe a Ragni isn't as good in suit but for Javi I would say it's really is uh the other way around where a is probably the better assassin. So, the strength of Uzuri is uh, her hero ability itself. So, when you present a spider spite as the first attack, and your opponent chooses not to block it, and you, all you have to do is, you know, put any random stealth attack. It doesn't matter what color it is, it doesn't matter what it does, you know, the card more or less can have no text except stealth. And your opponent had to guess, like, he's gonna get hit by because uh it could be anything you you can as long as it's two calls or lower which is i think every card is format action as long as the attack is two calls or lower you can sneak it in uh maybe it's a go again attack maybe it's a two four six maybe it's you know a sneak attack which is the best like the sneak attack rate which is the highest damage card you could sneak in i think uh it could be anything so when your opponent had to guess that much, uh, it's really hard for them to block. When you're playing Uzuri, that's the strength of Uzuri. So if you overblock blocks it and you put in a, a blue ravenous rebel, for example, suddenly your your third attack becomes that much stronger. Uh, and and for Uzuri, you can actually get away with uh, uh, So the strength of Uzuri is also that you can you are more flexible in the draft. because your hero ability is not tech- act on to. Your hero ability is only, you just have to fulfill the stealth part of it and uh, the second part can be basically anything that goes, you know, that, that goes into your deck strategy. So you could have a big attack behind and play a, little, a lot more defensive so you can pick cards like Peace of Mind, Seeker's Equipment and you can afford to block with maybe two to three cards even. So you preserve your life total quite a lot Uh, or you can play the more aggressive build where you uh, sneak in, go again attacks, so or you just start to go again attacks and then you just completely ignore your win And you play just a more aggressive version of Uzuri. Mm-hmm. So your opponent had to keep... uh, Basically, he has to keep guessing which version of Uzuri you're playing, uh, especially in the early turns. Uh, that's for Uzuri. So that's the strength of Uzuri where you can either go really defensive or you can go really offensive and... And then in between is your opponent still has to play around your hero ability, you know. the hero ability is, is it always works as, as long as you have a stealth card. Alright, so uh, moving on to Arragni, I think the strength of Arragni is just you are secretly the ninja of the format because you have access to go again on your stealth cards. Uh, so Arragni strength is whenever you get to play with three to four cards, especially four cards you are probably the strongest hero in the format, only maybe you, you have a couple of bad matchups, But as uh, Arangi, uh, your damage output is considerably higher compared to Uzzurri, uh with the ex- with access to go again, and how well you can utilize your weapon, which is the spider's weapon. So, uh, cast like on-hit effects like Reader Infect, are exceptionally strong and because you have access to the Razor Sage. Uh, Razor Sage is extremely powerful in a run. So when you pair that together with the Spider Spy and a uh, attack with an on-hit, so in fact basically becomes like: let's say you have a infect Red, and your opponent blocks you for three, you know, because like maybe he blocked your first spider spy attack, or you cannot afford to pay for it, he blocks you for three. And you come up with resist edge, Suddenly Resist edge is actually dealing five damage because of the blood rod box that comes with it. Yeah. So that's uh and and not only that after you do damage, you still have go again. So maybe you have another attack behind it to go for four. Or you could just arsenal and pass, you know, your opponent has to keep guessing uh like what you're doing. And if you overblocks the go and get attacked, for example, then you still have another window to present even more damage behind because you're to the go again. So, uh, Arachne is known to be quite explosive on yeah, uh, which is one of the reasons why you should play um,
0: yeah. yeah, I want to go back to something you said, you know, it's a, I think a great distilling down of Arachne versus Azuri and, and the strengths, you know. I think i kind of put it as azuri as a bit more flexible of a hero you know like you say you've got these abilities to play defensive or offensive i think azuri can play both as well i think you can play you know you can actually include traps plus some more aggressive cards in your deck like you know go again attacks um and and you know play different ways in different turns, more like a mid-range kind of strategy but i want to talk about something you said you said you put in a blue ravenous rabble. so talk to me about cards with go again and azuri how how important Important do you think they are? And do you think people are overlooking a card like, for instance, blue or yellow ravenous rabble in a deck like that because of what it can do with uh, the hero ability?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, so people tend to assume that every time you're giving Uzu's ability is going to be like a two for six attack, right? Because there are a couple of them in this format and generic. Or it could be a two for five, you know, it could be anywhere around the range. So go again attacks let's you go around that because there are okay there are certain scenarios where people try to play around the really everything. So the first of them is when you have like maybe one card left in hand, the your opponent could choose not to block at all because you know what's the worst that can happen, right? It's only a two for six. Maybe someone hit uh or you know maybe even you're just gonna ask another card why am I blocking this attack? Right. So uh anywhere along that lines uh that's with one card, but when you have like two cards, for example, your opponent's gonna assume you're gonna arsenal the last card. So when they overblock your attack to not take damage, your go again suddenly becomes so much more effective. Because mm. after you your opponent overblocks and you're like, okay, I'm gonna preserve this stealth card for later. I'm gonna pre- give you this this reverence blue that I picked to maybe fill my blue slot. right? so I can use my spiders, but right? And then here, at the back, uh, maybe a sick horizon for 4, you know. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they have to consider whether they want to take that 4 damage or, you know, or they they block it and then the turn is that much worse. So that's, that's, that's that's assuming you have like a bad go-again attack, you know, like Revenance Rebel Blue, Mm -hmm. which could potentially be 0 attack. But let's say you have a Revenance Rebel Red. You can actually extend your combat chain. So now you can even start with Revenous Rebel into Spider's Bite. And that makes it much harder to block the Spider's Bite. And it makes your like two four sixes with on hits potentially get a lot better. And your turn went from maybe being about seven damage to now you have more than uh, maybe ten or higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the strength of go again in uh, yeah, what do you Zealand. Your opponent had to guess like okay, maybe... Maybe I book the first attack and then, oh, here, I have a go again. And then uh,
0: another one. The turn changes. Like you're saying, that kind of, that, um, the ideology that just, there's so many different lines to play and your opponent has to think on their toes about what you could do. And and conversely, you can, you can sort of play around those plays. You can, you know, sort of next level your opponent a little bit. What about with Arachne? Like one thing, yeah. how important are the, the go against Arachne? Because you, you have that built in with the hero ability. Uh, in that instance, uh, just, good stealth cards more important. My, my kind of takeaway personally has been, you know, in Azuri, blue, yellow stealth cards, all these are pretty reasonable, but in Arachne red, just you know, because of that, what you talked about before, they can, you, spider's bite turns them into a zero for four. That's the most important thing to me. Do you, do you agree, disagree? Uh,
1: yeah, I agree that red's a lot stronger in Arachne than they are in Uzuri. Uzuri is a, uh, I would say Uzuri Anything goes as long as it's stealth, unless uh, you drafted a lot of attack reactions as well, because, you know, you're still an assassin, right? So, uh, but for ragni because of how your hero ability works, you want to utilize the the stealth synergy with Go again as much as you can. And to make it stronger, you have to, you know, pay your spider's fight, which is why I don't think a ragni is very good when you force it to block, but when you give it, like, a full grip, uh, it's it will function quite similarly to five from the previous format whereby you have a lot of difficulty blocking his attacks, you know, especially when they're red. But even when they're yellow, because uh, this format has a lot of two blocks, mm-hmm. uh, you will end up having even problems blocking like a yellow attack from a after you the spider's but Yeah. What so we- for arangi, I I think the I think other than red stealth attacks i think the other like important cards that you have to draft are attack reactions because that's what makes your you know that's what makes your attacks even uh, that much Mm -hmm.
0: why don't we Mm -hmm. just kind of i guess before we move on from uh the strengths and why don't we just kind of tie up the core game plans of each of the heroes so you just give me kind of like top line if if I find myself in Azuri, or I find myself in Aurachne, or I want to draft these heroes, Like, what are the core game plans of each of those two heroes?
1: Okay, for Azuri, I would say... for Okay, let's start with the easier one, which is All Right, So Ragni, I would say, is more linear. You will draft as many red stealth attacks as possible, hopefully picking up a few prowls along the way. The prowls can be of any color because of how you just want the... You know, you just want your next stealth attack to be one, which is what can push it over the top. Uh your red stealth attacks, uh preferably uh one of the three, the the main three, which is uh inertia, fealty, or blood rock box, in fact being the strongest. I think it's called reader sedate and uh
0: Yep, that's right, for well, the rest of the day. And, reader,
1: sedate, and uh, in fact. Yeah. So in fact being the strongest of the three because of uh how you know damage is good in draft. So uh if you can draft those in red, I would say a deck is pretty, really good. But uh you can also draft a couple of generics to go along with those style cards. It can be two for sixes, it can be any of the attacks to go again, or it could be just zero for fours or like I mean if you have no choice you for trees uh basically as aggressive as possible and uh, uh attack reacts attack reacts are the main uh call to drafting a me you need to have attack reactions to make your hero ability be good mm-hmm. otherwise your opponent can just block you out with cut you know you can just Oh, it's just a zero for three. I'm just gonna block for tree and then oh, okay, let's call it a day. And then that's when the is bad because now you are now you're just trading here jumps zero your opponent, and, and you know sometimes it just doesn't work out. You just deck yourself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. oh that's for Arachne because uh, it's, it's.
0: Can we stay on Arachne for a second? Let's just since we're since we're kind of talking through, and you already started to talk about the things you want to draft in there. Let's let's talk about some mm-hmm. of the the specific cards that you want to prioritize. So what for you in arachne and i i think i've got some for myself but like what are your top priority picks if you want to draft arachne like is infect the like a pack one pick one is that the top of the list is it red razor's edge is it the spike with uh you know frailty inertia um frailty inertia
1: blood rock box (laughs) is it those cards like where's
0: the kind of draft order for you and how are you kind of evaluating these cards what cards do you really feel like you need and in what order
1: Okay, so let's say let's say you really enjoy playing a rugney in this job format, uh, and you're like, I must play a rugby, and then you open your pack and what what you should be looking out for are class like spike with rock, uh spike refuelity, in fact, and uh wither, both in red, hopefully. Uh inertia is low priority if you want to draft a rugby, I would say. Because uh because people tend to be able to play around inertia quite a bit, either by blocking you or uh or just by playing out their whole hand. You know? mm-hmm. Some some humans are really capable of doing it. So if you want to play me, I'll look out for infect Wither and uh their respective spikes, which is uh spike barrel and spike yeah. uh 30, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last card I'll look out for is uh is Proud. Cause, yeah, making think you zero for four base without spider's bite is really awkward developing his format.
0: Yeah. Um. What about I guess any like some cards that you know come to to mind for me is um I really like red spring load and arachne to pair with with my Blue. So you know that sort of game pattern of weapon, red, um, stealth card into something yeah, like spring load. Yeah. Or a sick horizon yeah. red as well as another card. You talk about those. I I find a quite higher priority along with razor's edge. Do you find those cards pretty high priority?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention the razor's edge, but yeah, if you have a razor's edge red, right? Yeah, you should probably fix that for Rangi. Uh, springload. I think springload is a springload is a little interesting because of how a Ragni plays out. So for Rangi, you tend to be able to play out every card in your hand, which is uh one of his strengths. So. Uh Springload is yes, is uh extremely powerful, especially with at one cost. But uh something to else to look out for because if you had drafted a bunch of blues, uh cards like cut down to size is also very strong around me. Uh outside of their pure damage, right? So some sometimes maybe your stealth card isn't that strong. Uh, you, prefer, you maybe it's a yellow stealth card, uh it's a malign, maybe it has no on-hit effect. Your opponent just takes the damage. So maybe you go something like Spider's Bite, my line, and your opponent just takes. Now, when you pair that with a second Spider's Bite, uh, your last card could actually be a 2 for 6 or 2 for 5, you know, with an on-heat effect because you pitch two blues to activate both Spider's Bite. So cards like Cut Down to Size, Humble, uh, Wreck Havoc, uh, Destructive Deliberation, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the one that on hit corners, yeah. Those cuts suddenly become a lot stronger, you know, running because of uh how in how it pairs along well with your with your pitch because uh you're pitching for spider bite with blue cuts, yeah. So those cuts are really good as well. Or you could, you know, sometimes you end up with a lot of yellows in your draft. You could pair with a sick horizon, even sick horizon to me you don't always have to give it a go again you can just throw it out with the damage or infectious flows or even like cards like death touch death touch is really powerful in Arachne especially if you can get it in your ass yeah. <laughs> you yeah so
0: yeah I mean death death touch just continues to be just one of the best cards in this format I find be you Ranger yeah. be you Azuri be you Arachne like it just seems to always overform I want to talk about just quickly touch on something that's come up a, a bit in my Arachne games and get your viewpoint on this is you talked about double spider's bite, and I've seen people misplay with double spider's bite a lot, where they'll attack once a spider's bite, their opponent won't block, and then they attack again with spider's bite, and now their opponent oh, eff- yes. effectively gets a, a free block, right? So um, I just explain, yes. I explain how that works quickly in case people don't don't really understand this, so or haven't hasn't come up yet, maybe for you. So you attack with your spider's bite, you pay your two resources, and the opponent takes one. Now, if you attack with your second spider's bite immediately afterwards, your opponent actually is super incentivized to defend that spider's bite because they gain value from it because they can throw their two-block attack, which now defends for one because of the spider's bite ability, and they trade that card. But now you're not going to get there's no spider's bite ability for the rest of the turn. Whereas had you had you only attacked with one, and then they block, there's still that spider's bite ability. So. Uh, what, what I've been finding is the the play pattern uh, chewing that I've been following a lot is if I'm on a turn where I'm going to use my full hand and double blue, say, like you talked about something like a cut down to size at the end of the chain. So say I have blue, blue, cut down to size yellow and a red infect, for instance, my play pattern generally is going to be spiders bite, infect with go again, spiders bite into my final attack. Is that, are you finding the same thing?
1: Yeah, that 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 is actually the most powerful part of the rugby is when you pair your spider's bite in between attacks, you weave it in, and then suddenly um most of the time your opponent will be wondering like why he didn't block the spider's bite to begin with. And then the every every time he blocks with two cards, the following spider's bite becomes even more annoying because he has to like, like I said, you have to continue guessing what's the last attack mm-hmm. because it could be irrelevant or it could be, you know, an, an effect, it could be a winner, it could be anything. So when you pair, like, when you weave in the spider's bite between your attacks, your turn gets that much stronger. And yeah, you'll just find that a lot of attacks cannot deal with it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not, you know, rip-type. Because <laughs> yep. you don't have a lot of defense reactions and, or, you know, even peace of mind.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk a bit about this when we get to Azuri, but my kind of, I want to talk about rate, actually let's talk about ratios now. So I've been finding that I want more blues in Arachne because of the thing we just talked about, double spiders bite is actually better in Arachne. It's actually often quite poor in Azuri because your opponent just free value blocks the second one. And then when you play your stealth card and potentially your swap, they've got they've got a lot more um room to maneuver. You've given them that room to maneuver, when which Chuhan just talked about with, you know, double blocking potentially or single blocking. You've given them all these choices. So what kind of ratios are you looking for? Give me give me your thoughts on blues, give me your thought on red stealth cards, how many do you want? How many attack reactions do you want? Let's just go through it all. Choose where you want to start.
1: All right. So for Irani, I would say anything along the lines of about eight to uh let's go with yeah, eight eight uh to about ten blues is the highest. Right. That that range is where I'll be comfortable. Uh, you can, you can stinge a little on blues if you drafted a lot of yellows. So maybe you can even go to seven, you know, you can stay around the seven, six to eight range, maybe even, but preferably you want, uh, especially if you drafted like spring loads, you want up about, about eight to 10 blues, yeah. so you can at least play on your turns. Either like, when you drafted either spring load, uh, or maybe even some death touch because they cost one. As long as you have a one course attack, I think having more blues really fits into your game plan. Oh, and uh, if you have drafted a lot of spikes, uh, spike with anything, blues also help a lot because you can go spider spike attack, spike, and then chain into another attack off.
0: That's yep.
1: three cards, yeah. So having more blues is quite beneficial to your rugby, so about eight... I would say around eight eight to ten is good. And uh regarding how many red stuff attacks you should have, I mean, ideally you have all of them in red. <laughs> you know, you don't you, you you kind of don't want any yellows because yellows uh are not slightly good. below. Uh yeah, they're just <laughs> not as good. But uh yes, even I I wouldn't say like I would say drafting yellows isn't the worst especially when you're paying for spider's bite you know mm-hmm. uh, to change into a red attack or even like yellow or blue prowls which I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. yellow or blue prowls are extremely playable because they enable your better cuts
0: and they you still can, defend three can... against rangers and ninjas which is still really yeah key. exactly
1: so so other than the fact that assassins have really good defense values your attacks also have really good upside. so Cards like Infect, Raider, did, all have on-hit effects so your opponent can not just, you know, I block with one card, take one, because Barod increases their damage to, you know, it's not just take one, you take three. Then Feralty basically blanks Kotachis and uh, Kotachis, you know, Arrows, because they can be five for I just by, by it, so Feralty is really high value. And Inertia is Extremely good in the rangers because they tend to like to end their turn with an arsenal, all right, So all these on-heat effects, they are quite relevant in general. So as long as your stealth attacks are any of those, like it can be in any of the colors, honestly. yeah, They'll, they'll be pretty relevant, but I, I preferably,
0: found, preferably red. I found that like six red is kind of like minimum. Like I really want to be seeing one... One like one a hand ideally. So like yeah. through the game, especially if I'm playing pretty aggressively, and and I'm happily play. You know, if if hey, if I'm gonna get ten good red stealth attacks, I'm I'm not gonna complain. I'll play them. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you get ten red stealth attacks, I think most people will be wondering what happened in the draft yeah. because they, they don't know what's hitting them, and then yeah, they just find it really hard to block. So what? if you get anything along the range of red attacks, the attacks really good
0: yeah what about attack reactions like how many do you ideally want because i've actually found that you you can have too many i mean the good thing is they do block three apart from i want to hear your thoughts on short and sharp because it's a card that i'm not particularly fond of because of course the base attack of two it doesn't pair with some of your best cards but uh like you know if i've i've been finding you know five to seven attack reactions has been like a really good number if i if i can get them you know and a couple of them being red, that that is quite difficult i'm happy to play three or four if i have to but if i can get around five i'm pretty happy
1: uh ideally about six is where you want to be okay. at. Especially if they are spiked with blood or razor age in red, you know, having those are really good. Uh so uh since we have talked about like how many reds you want, right? Like self-red self-attacks, uh short and sharp is actually better the more yellow drop So when you find your that, you know, maybe pack like pack variants or even possibly some other assassin taking the red attacks and you end up with a lot of yellows. Short and Sharp is your replacement for Razor's Edge that you might not find, you know, because suddenly uh, red, your yellow attacks, you're in fact being below red, suddenly and uh, basically enables, your yellow attack enables Short and Sharp, so Short and Sharp becomes your second Razor's Edge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, Razor's Edge is interesting in a sense, uh, no, 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 no it's, it's short and sharp is also interesting in the sense that, uh, it can buff your spider's bite. So when you need that spider's bite to hit, so your 0 for 3s become 0 for 4s short and sharp becomes very good in the sense, because now people have to block your, uh, people have to block your, uh, say, reader with two cuts so one yeah. And not only that, because, uh, to block a spider's but, uh, people tend to use a two blocker. So when you throw in a red short and sharp, you're actually pushing through, not only lead on hit, you're also pushing through two damage, yep. which is uh, what you're trying to get out of most of your attacks, this format. You at least try to get through two damage.
0: Yep. What, what do you think? So like my, my I, I can't, we should move on to Azuri, because we've talked a lot about Arachne, but my last kind of, I guess, question is Razor's Edge, I think for me, is Razor's Edge Red is like the premier attack action, I think, attack reaction. And my kind of view on this is, is the zero cost is actually really, really re- relevant because we've talked, and people might've heard this, but we've talked a lot about cost structure, you know, blues versus yellows versus one cost versus two costs versus spider's bite. And my kind of, my, my piece of advice that I have for people is that honestly my finding is that the cheaper is generally the better because you're going to find these hands that are awkward and can't do all the things you want sometimes you're going to have one blue plus spider's bite plus a spring load and a short and sharp and your south card and if that was a razor's edge your hand would work and without the razor's edge and a short and sharp your hand doesn't work do you where do you like do you do you you disagree do you think because i really think razor's edge red is like very premium and if you want to draft arachne personally uh
1: razor's edge is probably the premier attack reaction in Aragni or in Assassin in general, purely because some of your attacks have already have the on-hit So not, being a, not needing to pay the extra one resource just to give it an audit is extremely powerful. Uh, and it allows you to play around with, you know, resourceless hands. Maybe you do 4 rates. You can't pay for your spike with Blurral, you can't pay your spike with Inertia, spike with liberty. But you can always play out the razor Age, especially when you have a where you have a stealth card. And Razor's Age is probably the other like premier arsenal card. Right? Because normally like you can't pay for your spikes your arsenal. you have arsenally saving for already maybe the next turn where you draw your blues. But for Razor's Age, when you arsenal it, like you could even draw another full red hand and and the card will still be good. So I I I really value Razor Sage a lot. And the the best part of Razor's Edge is you can draft multiple of them and you can even play it all out in the same turn. Yeah. Because for for in this case of Spike, when you attack with a Spider's Bite, for example, you cannot play the second one because now you are one resource short. But with Razor's Edge, you can, you can do whatever. You can attack with a or Tree with two cards remaining. And your opponent maybe, you know, it's only three damage. I mean, at most, you add on, take on the Razor's Edge. Maybe you take on another, like, Spike. It's only six damage. Maybe I can take it. I have a high enough life total and suddenly there's nine.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? and, and 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 two on hit effects could... instead of one. <laughs> if yeah, it's the spike. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to, I guess, there's one thing I've noticed in drafts that I kind of want to share because we've just been talking about the kind of differences between Azuri and Arachne. And I promise we will get onto Azuri a bit more. But the the one pattern I've been finding with drafts is that depend. I think you can tell what people at the table are drafting based on what cards are coming around and I think you can position yourself as an assassin potentially in the opposite side of that so people really value these red and yellow generics quite highly if they're drafting Azuri and I find that people find that easy to do because they can identify hey here's a big attack I put that in my deck it does work right so they prioritize this highly and then what you'll start to see come around is cards like the prowls it is some of the attack reactions it is uh, these these yellow attack actions, these yellow stealth cards, which you can actually wheel and and go still well into your deck. And I think you can, um, my kind of, yeah, my takeaway is that if you're a drafting assassin, I think you can pretty quickly, almost by about sort of early pack two, position yourself into Azuri and Arachne and really get paid off for it by sort of reaping the rewards on the wheel of the pack. I don't know if you've found similar, Chuheng. Uh
1: Yeah, I noticed that cards that wheel tend to be, you know, blue assassin attacks so you can start by taking uh okay so i think there's the i think you mentioned before that there's a difference in uh maybe you know pack distribution in japanese packs and you know uh, packs from belgium yeah yeah so uh from since i'm from singapore i draft uh, the packs from japan so those packs are very are evenly distributed, so you know that there's exactly two assassin attacks, uh two cards in the pack. All right? so it's very easy to tell when people have taken an assassin card because you know there'll be one left rather than two. So when you see that as a kid, uh, like maybe one of them is a yellow one and then the red, you can actually take the red one, and the yellow one tends to come back because no one likes to draw yellows. Mm-hmm. And it's like ingrained into people that. Yellows are not good, but that's not the, really the case for this set. As long as you have playable cards, I mean yellows and spiders, but I mean why wouldn't it be good? You know? Yeah. So there there's always a really good chance the blues and yellows are table. So that's also that's that's also an interesting observation that, that I had because sometimes when you know your when you know a class is a you don't even see the blues come back you know? yeah <laughs> that's when you know there are uh, like three to four at the table. yeah yeah but, but let's, the yellows. let's say in a draft where you see like the yellows come back i mean i'm happy to take it you know especially if they have an on hit sometimes they infect yellow tables then uh, uh, can't be upset yeah, so it's really good
0: yeah I-, I think because of that as well because of those cards like yellow potential on hits wheeling the the attack reactions have a real high premium for me, I think, because I want to make sure I have those to make my yellows better, for instance. Anyway, Chuhin, we've, we've talked so much about Arachne because I've, I've been really enjoying the kind of dichotomy that Arachne gives in drafting, but we should move on yes. to Azuri and talk a little bit about. So yeah. tell me when it comes to Azuri, what am I trying to do with Azuri? And um, why don't we talk about some of the cards that are a really high priority when drafting Azuri?
1: All right, so cards that you should prioritize highly in Missouri uh, I mean the don't-brainer being death touch uh, you can draw you can draw any of the parts with want hits like cut down to size, you can draw hubs, you can draw wreck havoc those all those cards are uh, good in Missouri. that's the I would say that's the step one of drafting Missouri if you have multiple of those cards, your deck would and up tend to be pretty good. And then uh okay, so but having those cards are not enough because you need to enable your ability to work. So you have to draw some stealth cards. So stealth cards that are really good in Uzuri, mainly well, uh, it could be any stealth card, you know, because Uzuri's textures requires a stealth card. But better stealth cards are cards like isolate, because isolate allows your two four six to be able to go through because you're pulling is more than one card. Uh like backstab is also really good, but backstab is a. Rare. I mean, backstab being a rare is a little harder to find, but uh, because your opponent cannot cannot react, and if you sneak in like a wreck havoc, that's then you know Very it's good. gonna go through here, yeah. And and with the upside of being able to flip open your opponent's arsenal, if your opponent's a ranger, you stop him from even getting the encounter, with attack yeah. So any of those are good. Uh isolate is your best uh your best stealth card. It's very good in blue. If <laughs> yeah. It, it can be honestly it can be any color yeah. because uh as long as you get the dominant effect on the on the block on the blocking step, uh you tend to be able to get damage through your opponent. Yeah. So okay, so outside of stealth. Self cards, uh, your your two four sixes, your basically your payoffs. Uh, you can draft cards like a uh, what's that card called? Uh, virulent. A virulent, uh, virulent touch. touch. Yeah, the zero
0: for
1: four. Yeah. yeah, 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 So virulent touch in any color, preferably zero for four and or the zero for two, the blue or the red. Virulent touch. uh those colors of virulent touch are your best because in. In the case the opponent chooses to overblock or you know just block for three the red one can push one damage and give you a blood rock and the blue one if he overblocks will give you a blood rock regardless of how many cards you block him. it's because he already blocked from hand and it it counts uh, i think during the reaction step yeah so you you always give him the uh you always give him the blood report uh other than virulent touch you could draft cards like Revenance Rebel which I mentioned before you can cheat it in so you ignore the detriment effect so if your opponent chooses not to block your 0 for 1 isolate you know because he doesn't want to get blown out by 2% maybe he chooses to no block take the 1 damage you can take your weight hold up here's a 0 for 3 go again and here's a 0 for 4 behind it you know cards like that or even maybe you can even pay the full price for your for your big attack, You can just pay the two resources, to get attack for six behind. You. So, cards like that, any, uh, Revenants Rebel enables you to extend your combat chain further than what people expect. Because usually people tend to like uh, assume that it's just Spider-Black, single attack. Yeah, yeah Spider-Black attack, and then that's the end of the turn. But yep. cards like Revenants Rebel extend your combat chain, which makes usuri a lot scarier is yep. uh, yeah, also the those, the, the, the uh, one cost
0: generic right the because you have so many of these blue one base power attacks that kind of fuel your resource count and your blocking count that you can use mm-hmm. um is it called cool? looking for a scrap which is a, is a great card in in azuri in particular i think oh there's... yes
1: yeah looking for scrap is amazing in azuri because you tend to drive a lot of janky zero for one self cards just to enable your ability mm-hmm. so looking for scrap in yellow or red are really powerful because uh combined with spider's bite you can actually start the turn with you looking for square, which forces your opponent to make a play to block or to take the damage or even take maybe partially block the card take two damage and then now your spider's bite is much harder to block because it's already down, down a blocking card and then yeah your your last attack will become like close to impossible to block because right. what, what cards do you have left you know.
0: Yeah, yeah the, so
1: looking for scrimmage is also really good.
0: Yeah, the the other cards, Um, I want to ask you about ratios in Azuri as well, but there's a, there's a couple of cards I want to touch on. And one card you talked about, you know, wreak havoc, um, humble, cut down to size. We've spoken about all those. The one card that in Azuri has really stood out to me has been destructive deliberation. Uh, this is the the two for five that on hit creates a ponder. You, do you like this card? So I've heard very different interpretations. Some people think this card is the worst of these effects. Some people that I play with think it's one of the best. Where do you land on destructive deliberation in red?
1: Okay, okay. so yeah, this is a very interesting topic. So for the destructive deliberation, a lot of my a lot of the, the people I test to, they are really high on the card. They're like. This card is great. This card is a two for five. You fonder, you arsenal a card at the end. What's not to like about it? And then I'm there looking at the two for two for five. And you're like, dude, we could do better than the two for five, you know. Uh the fonder the token, I mean if you're arsenaling a two for six, it doesn't enable your ability either, you know. So maybe the fonder token is not that great, but I, I, I can see that there's like varying opinions of this of destructive deliberation. Uh, I can see the upside to it because the ponder is a really powerful token to have. It enables you to play out your whole hand and still get an arsenal. But for me, I feel that if I get I, I wouldn't only pick a destructive deliberation. You know, that's that's my evaluation. But I can see the merits of picking a card if someone passes it to me, maybe pick seven, pick six, pick seven
0: yeah i would be upset
1: upsetting being such a card. yeah it's um yeah, but it's, an, it's an early pick
0: i'm not hired it not <laughs> i i think the mm. the discourse comes from the fact that the ponder token can be really high variance in azuri because you have a lot of trash cards that are for blocking a trash card, you know role players that are for blocking and for pitching for and you do not want those cards in your arsenal because unlike arachne you know A blue stealth card, unless, you know, I mean, that's not the end of the world because you can swap it in, but, um, you know, maybe a blue card that is just a pure resource card. Unlike a who can play a stealth card and maybe use that card at the end of the chain, Azuri can't do that as much. Um, What I will say though is that, and we haven't talked about this, but I'm sure we're about to talk about it, is Azuri plays defensive cards really well. So cards like Peace of Mind, Traps, And if you have a higher density of these plus just good attacks in your deck and you have less of kind of, you know, awkward blues or awkward yellows, then your Ponder token is going to be worth more a lot of the time. And so that's where I think destructive deliberation has been shining for me as in quite well fleshed out Azuri decks. But I've also, you know, I've had it be, oh, here's a card I definitely don't want to arsenal a couple of times. And it's just been a, a, you know, like you say, it's been worse than any yellow equivalent that has an on-hand effect or definitely a red that attacks for six. So, um, you know, I I see it. I want to ask about, equipment because we haven't really talked about equipment for either Arachne or Azuri, oh. but in Azuri one of the most important cards I've been finding and I rank it really high is either is particularly the tunic, the three bit tunic. But I think even silken is like is is pretty good. But the the tunic in particular has been really overperforming for me simply because of the fact that you you don't always stealth and swap. You're not always using that hero ability. And sometimes you're able to especially in late game situations pivot off a two card hand, you know, one in Arsenal, one in hand of blue uh, spider's bite into uh, an attack from arsenal uh, off of the off of the tunic or the gear.
1: yeah so uh tunic i would say is by far the best equipment of the set uh, every every class can use the tunic pretty decently right? but in assassin i think it's a lot stronger as well because of uh, how many 2 cost attacks you end up having to draft or drafting you know purely to stay open you end up drafting a lot or maybe the stealth cards aren't coming as hot, so you end up on a Zuri. That's where the Tunic becomes a lot stronger as well. Uh, uh Not only that is uh, the Tunic basically enables you to play certain hands that are awkward. Maybe in the late game situation, where your opponent and yourself are both at one health, the Tunic enables you to block with three cards, keep a blue, double spider spike. Uh, I, I think having a Tunic is extremely powerful in the assassin.
0: Do, do you compare it to maybe like something like Sash of Sandakai or Spellfire Cloak from Uprising? Is it that level of power? Uh,
1: I would rate it about the same as Sash and not Spellfire Cloak. You don't need to have it to have a really yeah. powerful assassin deck. You could live without it, is what I'm saying. But having it is a huge plus to, yep. to your technology. Yeah
0: what about traps let's talk about traps and defensive cards like peace of mind and brush off how important are they to you in azuri in particular and where how high are you drafting them like a trap something that you're taking Um, pretty high because they can also potentially keep you open to ranger which i know is another class you, you like a lot uh
1: so generally i actually i don't pick traps uh that highly early if i had a chance i think there are a lot of cards better than traps uh but for Uzuri in general, I think picking traps is actually really good if you want to play the more defensive Uzuri deck. So, cards like... Uh, yeah, actually, previously when we brought up uh, Destructive vibration I think a defensive Uzuri deck actually benefits from the card a lot more than the offensive one, because, you know, of variance. But in a defensive Uzuri deck, you get to arsenal traps, you get to arsenal peace of mind. And because of how Peace of Mind and Traps uh, give you more blocking cards, which uh, is quite short in this format, uh, Uzuri gets to utilize it the most because of uh, basically her ability to play two card hands with her hero ability. Uh, so you can actually block with more than, you know, you can block with two cards, you can block with a trap from arsenal, and you can even run your opponent out of cards with fatigue on the Uzzurri because of uh the strength of your weapon and the, you know, assassin cards being three blocks and the ability to be able to draw traps to play around, Benji's hero ability to play around, attack reacts from a Ratni, you even play around other Wizuris or even other rangers, you know, you can play with traps of Arsenal just to add on to the block value. And then you can get away with playing peace of mind because now that border token in the defensive deck Yes. what we've been seeing with shock innovation that's the same thing because you basically draw the more blocking cuts so you get to block from yeah you have more blocking cuts to run your opponent on yeah
0: yeah yeah um it's assassin is super deep and super interesting I think in this format not only from a, a playing standpoint like we've talked about you know with all these different lines with spiders bites with your tax do you do you not what is your opponent do they do they not uh but also in in drafting and there's the aggressive versions, there's more defensive, like you're saying, where you load up on those cards and you look to really utilize Spider's Bite and maybe one attack and use that hero ability at key times versus a more proactive that's looking to just extend the combat chain, uh, like you're saying, Turing, and, and really put the, the opponent to the sword and, and force them to block, which really makes Spider's Bite even more valuable. Um, I want to ask. We're gonna we're gonna play pick on pick one, of course, as we always do on on limited time only. But I want to ask you before we we head to that and towards the end of the show. Do you have any just general tips that you really want to impart to people for playing assassin in this format? Maybe it's you know some tips for the mirror, tips for playing against ninja, whatever it might be.
1: Ah, uh, so the well, let's start with Arani. The general tip for Arani is you want to go second, especially with Benji, because you are the fighting of the format. So always go second. Uh, you also do not want to let Riptide go second into you because they get a free arsenal card and suddenly they are playing a five card person, and as a Rangi, because you have to keep as many cards as you you can, blocking isn't you're you're not so hard on blocking. So yeah, you're the fire of the moment. So for Rangi, generally you just want to go second, uh, into Benji because our blocker damage is pretty good, especially on the first turn. Uh, for Usuri, I would say. Different matchups have a like you have different patterns to it. So for the mirror, I prefer to go first so I can utilize spiders bite more to force in. You know you can force the fatigue plan early on your opponent because you have to block the first turn, or you can choose to take spiders bite and then suddenly you can push you some damage, All right? So but like into a obviously you don't want the to go second into you. You want the tempo swing and into ninjas. On Arani I will go second, but in, on Uzuri, I tend to like to go first to prevent taking too much damage from Kotachi. And also because uh, Ninjas block quite poorly this set. So when you attack with Spider's Bite and you end with like, a big attack, chances are you will actually force through some damage. So on Uzuri, I like to go first into Ninjas. Uh, as for Rangers, on Uzuri, I will also go second purely because uh we just it's quite easy to run Rangers out cuts. Much uh rip type less, but more for Azalea. Mm. Azalea uh it's unless his deck is really good, it's unlikely that he gets to dominate an arrow on turn one. So you could actually just poke out the attack. Or you just let him arsenal and you, or you take the tempo, you force him to block and Aziria doesn't really like blocking too much because if they've over they run out of time to kill you because they don't have enough cuts. Yeah. And the defensive version of Uzuri is really good in the ranges. So letting them go first works into your game plan. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Make them either try is and it's either, up they, or play either cards. They pass the turn, yeah. 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 Or
1: or or you get or you get free attacks on the second turn because you have tempo, they can either choose to take the damage and play into your defensive game plan, or they can block you and also play into your game plan of running devil cut. cards. So either way works. Yeah. Yep.
0: Cool. Awesome. Uh, Anything else before yeah. we, we play Pekon one?
1: Uh any other tips? Um yeah, I mean we have already mentioned it within the spider's bite between the text on Aragi, you know, uh and uh, on a oh, especially Uzuri, if you're playing against another class that can play Blood Rock Trap, you should try to play around it as much as you can because that trap is, you know, the, every time you activate your hero ability, that trap is 3-2 damage. So as much as you can play around that card, you should. But, you know, you can't always play around it. Yeah, that's, that's about it, I think.
0: Cool. Great tips. Yeah. Uh, I've I mean, I think there's so much more we could touch on. The, the class is so deep. It's a bit different to. I mean, yeah. we're talking about uprising, but let's uh, let's move on because we are running out of time. Let's play pack one, pick one. Uh, Chu Hing, you okay. have uh, you have the pack there in front of you. We we uh, pre provided the image to, to Chu Hing to make sure that we could you know do this in a in a timely fashion. So uh, I'm gonna read for any audio listeners out there while uh, while Chu Hing takes a look at this pack and makes a decision. The cards in the pack. So we have a yellow surging strike. We have blue wither. We have red come to fight red Widowmaker, yellow Malign, red Destructive Deliberation, card we've talked about today already, uh, yellow One-Two Punch, red uh, Merkmaier Grapple, red Seek Horizon. Our equipment is the Seeker's Gloves. We have a red Plunge. We have a red Hurl. Our uh, other rare is Majestic, red Give and Take, and then our Foil is a blue Scout the Periphery. So a pretty red, reasonably red-heavy pack here and a pretty strong pack shooting. So why don't you talk us through kind of the cards that grab your attention, the first things that you're thinking about when you look at your pack one, pick one.
1: Alright, so the first thing that uh, you have already mentioned is, is a red heavy pack. Uh, it's one of the better packs to open, especially for first pick. So the cards that grab my attention immediately are the red fight red Widowmaker. maker, uh, actually the red give and take, and the surling shot. So for me, I generally do not like to first pick like card size seek horizon because I feel that Siege Horizon is not as powerful as a uh, card like Come to Fight because, purely because uh, it's, yes, it's generic, it's a 0-4-4, but for the go-again effect, it becomes like a lousier leg tap because you cannot utilize your pitch as much. So I try not to pick it, and I've, I've been through Destructive Invasion. Um, I don't rate the card too highly early. Yeah. So the I would say the standouts of the pack for me, uh come to fight, Widowmaker, and give and take I'll, after that. Mm-hmm. Because uh so Strike forces you into a very tricky class to draw, which is ninja. And uh okay, so outside of that, come to fight is a generically good card in Ranger and Assassin. You can play Come to Fight in the quite a bit. You can even play in Uzuri because you can use, maximize your blue pitch, you can blue pitch one. Uh, come to fight, player to cost attack. That's that's the strength of come to fight, and uh, give and take is a uh, it's one of the harder cards to get because for one, it majestic, and for two, there's no other card like it mm-hmm. because it's a three blocking go again attack. There's no other three block go again attack in the set if I'm not wrong. No, you're right, so... and also
0: it 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 provides you with potential r- recursion. You know, with, with something that you yeah. don't get in the set and- as well.
1: Exactly. So it also plays around other people's fatigue plan. So if you're trying to run your card, this card actually gives you cards back. Which is which is not, you know, there's only like the the only other card that gives you cards back is a legendary and it's a quiver. So yeah. Uh okay, there I think the interesting card to, that I I think people will take note of is Red Windowmaker. So Red Windowmaker in my so far in my like experiments with Azalea. It's one of Azalea's core cards. And because of how uh, I feel Azalea should be built in terms of tech building, Great Widowmaker rates very highly on the scale. So uh, if I were looking to draft Azalea, I would actually first pick Great Widowmaker. If, on the day itself, I was like, okay, I feel like drafting Azalea today. I would take Great Maker, But other than that, the card that I'll take from this pack will probably be give and take because of only because it's generic and uh, how powerful is the BT?
0: yeah yep. makes sense keep you open it goes into every deck you're going to play yeah. uh and, exactly and you you like you said at the start of the pod you value uh staying open one card i do want to ask mm-hmm. you about actually two cards quickly um Seekers equipment. Now we talked about, you know, this kind of defensive Azuri decks, particularly for assassin. I'm talking about seekers equipment now. Where do you see those in the kind of pick order for assassin? Like are you are you draft them highly? Do you only draft them if you have peace of mind? Do you, where do you kind of see them sitting? Uh
1: I would I I wouldn't draft it during the first cycle, which is like maybe the first eight picks. I would try not to draft the seekers equipment. Uh the best seekers equipment is actually the boots the the leg piece yeah because because the the only other replacement is the flip foot sandals which honestly is not fantastic I, it has applications but it's not fantastic so yeah so uh other than the 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 leg piece i probably wouldn't draw get equipment too much because uh you don't need it for a deck to perform well but it's one of those like oh uh, it's good to have you know, it, gets, it allows you to play around weaker attack reactions. Maybe people try to go over your attacks by one and then you get to block it for free. Or maybe you get to value it off a piece of mind with a blue pitch. So yeah, that's that's why I see about CK's CK.
0: What about Plunge? Talk to me quickly about Plunge. Do you, do you like this card? This card is something that I thought the red was going to be good. It continues to be more awkward than I would think. Uh,
1: Plunge is good in Ninja. Bad in Assassin because if you present a two attack dagger, the guy's probably gonna block it because he has a knowledge. good value. So, yeah, so it's good value. It, it's it it's incentivizes your opponent to block too much.
0: You have to play correctly.
1: But you in Ninja, play. but in Ninja is efficient. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. in Ninja is very efficient. It's a one for three that allows your Kodachi to hit four and for two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. I, I, I like it in Ninja, but not in Assassin.
0: All right. I, I think I'm on the same page as uh as chewing here I think I would take the the give and take I think second for me would be the the come to fight I I really value staying open in this format I like drafting all the classes so um but yeah if I if I had a preference then then the Widowmaker would be high as well I want to thank you for joining me on the Mr time only um chewing I'm so glad that I finally got you on Arsenal pass to have a conversation you're someone I think has such an interesting mind for the game before we we sign off how about uh you know if people want to you know, interact with you or follow you on social media, uh, things like that, where, where can they find you or discords, things like that? Are you active in any, any discords? Uh,
1: Active? I'm not so much active in any discord, but uh, I, I do check in, especially like just to get ideas on deck building for Classic Constructed. Maybe I get some ideas on, uh, you know, limited, see what people's opinions are, Uh, where people can find me, Generally, I yeah outside of Discord, uh, you can find me on Twitter actually. Uh, I tweet once in a while. Uh, I think my Twitter handle is a uh, Pikachu X D X D for now.
0: Yeah, it's on the screen. You can see it under <laughs> yeah, the, your, your face here. So yeah. if you're looking on YouTube, yeah. you can see it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, that's where you can find me. I I also have a blog, which I haven't been updating recently because uh, there's really not much to update. But I do post like my thoughts on going the to tournaments or post tournament like report sometime or like preparation uh, i might do a i might do a post on limited since there's there's really a lot to talk about limited so i might do like a, a post soon uh whenever i have the time yeah uh but outside of that if you're in singapore you can find me at any events <laughs> i've i've I, I tend to go to most of them yeah <laughs> yeah
0: uh yeah it's about it cool uh yeah well All thank right. you so much for agreeing to be on and, and letting me twist your arm to come and uh and do the pod and and be on limited time only gonna see you very soon yeah, actually yeah. i'll be seeing you in singapore in june which is very exciting that there's gonna be a second calling there so uh looking forward hopefully we get a we get a match this time that'd be that'd be great so uh yeah um, that uh, uh
1: yeah i looking forward to that uh i, I i'm honestly really Really grateful that you get got me on the on the report. Uh,
0: All of Singapore will be happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: very, very. I'm very,
1: very enthusiastic. Like, uh, very enthusiastic. Uh, playtesting partners. Uh, especially uh, shout out to our national champion, uh, Gordon, who beat me in the semifinals in at nationals. Uh, he's also going to proto, the proto, Tour, proto three. Yeah. So. Uh, best of luck to him most of his draft tips are also like given to him so hopefully that's well
0: <laughs> yep Gordon set up for success all right yeah, that is going to do it yeah. for episode four of limited time only how to draft assassin with chu hing and uh, until next week we'll see you on the next pod all right thank you
1: for having
0: me